It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. lack of a better word, is good. Everybody needs money. That's why they call it money. Well, it's no trick to make a lot of money. All you want is to make a lot of money. Hey everybody, welcome to Offbeat Wall Street. I'm Frank Miller. Now every week, as you know, we overcome adversity, running down the home stretch with the swell of inspirational music rising on the soundtrack. Rising on the soundtrack. <sighs> Never mind. Along the way to the finish line, we gather the most important information about the world of finance in order to bring it right to you. Isn't that great? Hey, you know, it's time to say goodbye to the Olympics. Unless you're a one of Ryan Lochte's teammates, in which case... Uh, you're probably going to be there quite a while. But with the Rio Games closing down, we thought it might be fun to look back at the first modern Olympics back in 1896. Ah, it was a simpler time. There were no TV cameras, no staged robberies, and Bob Costas was just entering middle age, <laughs> tired of his gig as a columnist for bare-knuckle prize fighting and looking for a new challenge, all while battling Pink Eye. Hey, and we'll also give you some interesting details for those first games and compare them with the current behemoth. We'll also take our usual tour around Wall Street. Well, maybe not around. We'll go through it, go down some of the side streets, and uh, you know, we'll check the whole neighborhood out. Now, you remember last week, we got the latest piece of intelligence from the Fed. It turns out that policymakers are split over the future of interest rates. So we'll take a closer look at that and when the markets expect the next rate hike to come. We'll also review some big retailing rivalries and see just who came out on top last quarter. Walmart versus Target, Home Depot versus Lowe's. And as always, we'll take a look at this week and what to expect on Wall Street. Hey, it's a big week for housing data and for the manufacturing sector as well. This is the Hot Brick Edition of Offbeat Wall Street. You imagine you're running on hot bricks. If you leave your feet too long on the ground, they'll get burned, right? Fight, light, light, light as a feather. All right, who wants higher interest rates? Well, bankers, of course. Americans planning to travel overseas, hoping for a strong dollar. And maybe anyone who's recently refinanced their house and wants to look really smart as rates rise. Most everyone else is probably just as happy to leave rates just where they are, and the list seems to include a number of people on the Fed's rate-setting committee. Now, the Fed has been talking up a possible rate hike for months now, but not even everyone on the policy committee is convinced it's the right thing to do. The Fed released the minutes of its July meeting last week, and those minutes showed Federal Reserve officials remain divided on whether to raise interest rates. Two officials pushed for a rate hike, but others remain concerned about the near-term economic risks. My guess? Those two officials either just finished a refi or are planning a trip to Europe for Christmas. Mm -hmm. In general, though, the minutes showed that many officials felt it was appropriate to wait for additional information before deciding another rate hike was a good idea. Wall Street, though, thinks a near-term rate hike is pretty unlikely. 
The market's currently pricing in only an 18% likelihood of a rate hike at the next Fed meeting in September. And that's according to trading in the CME's Fed Funds Futures. Say that three times fast. The odds are a little better than 50-50 that the Fed will hike rates sometime this year. The probability based on futures trading is currently sitting at about 52% of an increase in 2016. All right, moving on. Retail earnings were in focus last week, and in keeping with the Olympic mood, we'll break down the results into a set of one-on-one matches. Walmart versus Target. Home Depot versus Lowe's. Ryan Lochte versus The Truth. And the first winner from that list, Walmart. All right, the world's biggest retailer reported a bottom line that jumped nearly 9% for the quarter, coming in just shy of $3.8 billion. The company's results beat estimates. Meanwhile, Target revealed a bottom line that fell about 10% from last year. Revenues were down about 10%, and comparable store sales, which is a pretty key retailing metric, that fell more than 1%. Looking ahead, Target also slashed its forecast for the full year. The company warned of a challenging environment in the second half of the year. Now, Walmart's ability to beat out its rivals last quarter may be a sign of worry among consumers. Shoppers are obviously price sensitive, giving Walmart an edge over its competitors. All right, now on to the home improvement grudge match. In that event, the winner was Home Depot. The company met expectations with earnings that climbed 9% from last year, and Home Depot also raised its forecast for the full year. Oh, and uh, in regards to Lion Lochte versus the truth, uh, we'll have to consult the video replay on that one. Now, in one hour's time, I'll be out there again. I'll raise my eyes and look down that corridor, four feet wide with ten lonely seconds to justify my whole existence. All right, speaking of the Olympics, you know, the modern game started in 1896. In that Olympics, there was 43 events in nine sports. There was track and field, which was known then simply as athletics. There was swimming, gymnastics, fencing, wrestling, cycling, tennis, weightlifting, and shooting. A sailing regatta was also scheduled, but it was canceled. The games were held in Athens and included 241 competitors from 12 countries, and all the athletes were men. Most of the participating countries were from Europe. The only one from off the continent was the U.S., Australia, and Chile. But maybe not Chile. The single athlete from Chile actually arrived with the French team. He was the son of a diplomat and entered some running events as a lark. Now, he belatedly told officials that he really was from Chile and not from France. He was listed as a French athlete, didn't win anything, and some later historians doubted that he ran at all. So, Chile's participation was somewhat informal. So was Australia's. Now, the country was a colony of Britain at the time, so Australia's sole representative actually competed under Team UK. And he was another athlete that showed up on a lark. He happened to be visiting England at the time of the Games and first went to Athens as a spectator and only signed up to compete once he was there. It's a good thing he did. Why? Well, because he won both the 800 and 1500 meter races. Pretty good timing. At the same time, winners got silver medals and second place got a bronze. And there was an award for third place. Of course, things are a little bit different nowadays. In the Rio Olympics, there were 306 events in 28 sports. And there were 11,551 athletes participating. The ramp-up of the Games began pretty quickly. The second Olympics were held in Paris with nearly 1,000 competitors. That's more than four times the total from the four years previous event. Also, women were allowed to compete as well, though the list of athletes included only 22 women. Overall, the second Olympics included 85 events in 19 sports. The Chariots of Fire Olympics took place in 1924, and they were also held in Paris. There were over 3,000 athletes and 126 events. The number of sports had fallen to 17, though. Golf and tug-of-war had been dropped since the 1900 Olympics. 
<laughs> How we ever let that tug of war thing go? <laughs> I'll never know. I have no formula for winning the race. Everyone runs in our own way, or his own way. Then where does the power come from to see the race to its end? From within. All right, the housing sector is going to be in the spotlight this week. Low mortgage rates have helped spur home purchases this year. Home sales have been at their highest level since around the time of the financial crisis seven to eight years ago. This week's first report on the markets comes Tuesday when we get some new data on new home sales. And that stat tracks the sale of, obviously, newly built homes. Makes sense. The last report on new home sales was a good one. The measure climbed 3.5% for June, rising to the strongest rates that we've seen since February 2008. Another report on home sales will be due out Wednesday, and that one covers so-called existing home sales. And wait for it, it reports on existing home sales. You know, homes that have already had a previous buyer. It's kind of a logic to this, isn't it? Last month, existing home sales climbed 1.1%. Not a particularly strong gain, but it did come as a surprise to economists. They're easily surprised, what can we say? And uh, because they, uh, the pessimists that they are, had generally expected a mild decline for the month. Shame on you pessimists. <laughs> the unexpected gain also pushed the rate of existing home sales to their highest level since February 2007. And we also got a couple glimpses of the state of the housing market last week. A survey conducted by the National Association of Home Builders showed that home builder confidence improved last week. Meanwhile, a separate report showed that housing starts rose 2.1% in July. Building permits, which indicate future building projects, again, yeah, logic here, were essentially flat with the previous month. Now, home sales won't be the only focus this week. We're going to get some new stats on the manufacturing sector as well. The government's set to release some data on durable goods orders, and that statistic measures orders for items meant to last at least three years. That includes big-ticket manufactured goods, things like consumer appliances, washers and dryers, but also industrial items like jet engines and turbines. You know, so in the near future, if you've got plans to go to Home Depot or Lowe's and uh, pick up a new washer and dryer or, uh, you know, a jet engine or a turbine, uh, you can uh, get an indication of uh, how much they're going to have in stock. There's also been some concerning data about the manufacturing sector lately. Last month, durable goods orders fell a little more than expected. That figure dropped 3.9% for June, and that added to the revised 2.9% drop that was posted the previous month. Some results from a few regional manufacturing surveys were released last week. The New York Empire State Index fell into negative territory in July. That index is compiled by the New York Federal Reserve, and it looks at data from surveys to get a look at the health of the manufacturing sector in New York State. The negative reading suggests a contraction in the state's factory sector. Economists had actually been expecting improved growth for the month. Elsewhere, a report from the Philadelphia Federal Reserve was a little bit better. That data showed modest growth this month for manufacturing the mid-Atlantic states, and that reversed a contraction that took place in July. No problem. He's a flyer. He's had two races today already. He'll die. Just swing along, you guys, and wait. After 300 meters, rigor mortis sets in. You'll pull him in on a rope. Hey, thanks, everybody. This has been Offbeat Wall Street. And if you like the show, please go to iTunes and subscribe. While you're there, go ahead and rate and review the show. Good ratings help other people discover the show, so it's very helpful. Also, let all your friends know. Except if you're Ryan Lockie and your friends are still in Rio. Uh, well, yeah. All right, our OffbeatWallStreet.com website is coming together just about ready. A little bit work left to be done, but, you know, you could say that about 
Just about all of us, you know, but you can always check out the great additional content that's posted there throughout the week. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Offbeat Wall Street. That's streets like ST on a street sign. And of course, we couldn't do it without a big heaping helping of BS. Thanks to Brian Stewart back at the RTT News Studios for all the script writing and co-production of this fine, wonderful podcast. And uh, while we're mentioning our good friends at RTT News, let's thank them as well because they provide a lot of the cool stats and news that we use on the show. So if you want up-to-date information on the markets, check them out right now at rttnews.com. And hey, as we say goodbye, I just want you to remember that, you know, we all have a different set of skills, but it's important to look at everything you've got going for you when deciding on a venture. I believe that God made me for a purpose, but he also made me Have a great week, everybody. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.